You're listening to the Fat Dude Digs Flicks Movie Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? This is Andy, the resident fat dude of Fat Dude Digs Flicks, coming to you recorded from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and it is time for an all-new episode of Let's Talk About. Uh, welcome. If this is your first time listening, uh, welcome, big time, big time welcome. How about that? Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, Let's Talk About is a interview, an interview show, uh, where I am joined by a guest. We discuss their life their loves, and a movie that has had an impact on them. And we are nearing the end, like damn near the conclusion of the very, at least successful to me, month of July. Uh, we have watched uh, Jalo films this month, and it has been... I've had a really good time with this. I, I, I kind of have accomplished uh, exactly what I set out to accomplish this month, uh, which was to find a an appreciation for this genre that I didn't originally have. Uh, I've been a little hard on it. And uh, watching the films that we've, uh, we've selected this month uh, has really made me kind of reconsider my thoughts and has made me excited to watch more movies in the giallo genre um, so i'm excited to keep doing that after this series wraps up uh today this episode is a uh, hotly contested title uh, as to whether or not it actually belongs in the giallo genre but rather than discuss that, we're just going to talk about the joys of this film. I am joined today uh, by one of my Criterion Break co-hosts, Blake Ginnethan, and we will be diving into the horrific joy that is Dario Argento's Suspiria. Uh, spoiler alert, this movie's awesome. <laughs> I love I love this movie so much, uh, and getting to chat with Blake about it uh, was just a ton of fun. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, pop your popcorn, grab your soft drink, sit back, relax, and let's talk about Suspiria. All right, everyone, welcome to an all-new episode of Let's Talk About. Uh, I am delighted for this episode. Uh, this is going, going to be a very different uh, episode of the the mini series thus far. If you if you've been listening, you know that we are trucking our way through Jalai uh, as I watch films from the Jalo genre and kind of. Uh, you know, figure out if maybe I like it or or don't. Uh, going into mm -hmm. this miniseries, I did not <laughs> uh, really care for this genre. Uh, but since I have watched um, two new films and rewatched another one, uh, I kind of dig it. Uh, and now today we are going to be talking with uh, a guest that that I know. That you know, if you listen to the Criterion Break and previous episodes of Let's Talk About, uh, co-host of the Criterion Break, Blake Ginnethan. Blake, how you doing, buddy? I'm wonderful. I cannot wait to discuss this movie tonight. 
I, I got to tell you, I am really, really grateful that you kind of stepped in and uh, uh, handled this episode for me because, man, I had a little bit of disappointment of a guest yeah. that I, I thought I had booked. And then uh, they said, yeah, I'll do the show. And then when I tried to schedule with them, they completely ghosted me. Uh, so I'm, I'm not complaining. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited that, that you are on board for this one. Uh, our featured movie this week, um, is the Dario Argento classic Suspiria. Now I have a feeling that half of the audience right now is kind of like, wait a second, that's not a giallo film. And then the other half is like, that's totally a giallo film. Heck yeah. I've been waiting for this episode. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll kind of dive into our thoughts. Mm-hmm. on uh where this film falls uh but for now uh we'll just kind of get started with our conversation blake how you doing buddy how's everything going since last time we chatted oh pretty good i um i've been sipping on a glass of red wine uh for the past uh i should say a, a glass of deep red wine hey. uh for the past uh 30 minutes getting uh, loosened up for this show yeah but uh yeah i'm doing pretty good uh just trying to make it through every day. That's all I can do. So I hear you. I hear yeah. you, man. As we yeah. were kind of talking before we we started recording, this is it's going to be a little bit different because you and I have already had like the yeah. the conversation that I would typically have with a guest on the show. So you are have, you're yeah. kind of a, a let's talk about veteran now. Yeah, um, I'm the, I'm the substitute teacher tonight. So. Yeah, so this is super cool. So we can just kind of dive into it. But I do want to I do want to mm-hmm. kind of talk about. Uh, maybe some things to kind of transition into our conversation on Suspiria. Sure. Um, you are a big time horror movie fan. Where where did that start for you? Was that something that was kind of part of your childhood or did you come to the horror genre like later in life? Where, where did this love for horror come from? Well, um, I, I didn't have it as a child because I was easily scared. Sure. Um, I remember... I, I remember when I was very young, my, my, my dad brought a movie home and um, it, it scared me so much that he had to shut it off, you know, like 30 minutes in. Um, it, it, what's funny is I actually ended up renting the movie as an adult. I found, found out what movie it was and I watched it and it was the dumbest, cheesiest thing in the world. <laughs> but at, at, when, when, you, when you're five or six years old and people are getting eaten alive by aliens, um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the worst thing in the world. But um, Just yeah, <laughs> my um, my my journey with with horror movies like isn't like a, a straight path. It's sort of like um, in the night. In, in when I, I'm I'm a child of I was born in the '80s, but you know I came to uh, my teenage years in, in in the '90s, the mid '90s, and uh, I, I really didn't like love horror movies. I just I I, I I watched a lot of movies, and some of them had to be happened to be horror. And so, like, I, I remember watching movies like Ticks and mm-hmm. uh, Jack Frost, the Killer Snowman movie, <laughs> yeah. um, Hellraiser, just you know, th- some 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 random things in the in the mouth of madness. And I, I enjoyed watching them. I used to do like these things where I'd stay up late at night and I'd watch horror movies with my friends. We'd rent a bunch of them. What like I remember watching uh, DNA with Mark Dacascos. Uh, just 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 <laughs> all, all all kinds of things across the the board and. Um, I, I, I was never like like I said I was never like really into horror movies when, when I was younger. But as as I discovered the internet and you know message boards 
and and things of that nature my eyes got opened to a lot of things yeah. um like i said in the last show that i did my last talk about episode i should say my first talk about episode yes. i discovered things like the thing was being um rediscovered you know in the early 2000s and you know i discovered cronenberg and then i i met a i met a friend of mine who lives up in toronto he turned me on to you know like all kinds of uh stuff like like ringu and um geez like pulse uh a lot of like japanese horror movies and and, and european horror movies and, that, and that's kind of about the time that i discovered suspiria was yeah. was in my um like my my junior or senior year of high school and um my my actual birthday happens to be like three days before halloween oh, wow. so yeah. my in, in my like mid to late 20s i i started to do like these birthday things for myself where I, I would take off like three or four days of work and i would just watch horror movies all like all day you know for for three or four days yeah leading up to halloween and so that sort of like led into um uh my love of horror i, f- I forgot one small not well one big part uh, when i was a kid you, you know you're gonna you're gonna identify with this but uh-huh. I, I'm, a, I'm a part of the video store generation and yeah. so when I was a kid, uh, I, I would go to the video store every um, Friday night with my dad. We'd go, we had a video store about two blocks from us. It was a, I think it was called like Pop-Up Video or something like that. Sure. Or Video Mania. One of those, one of those um, video stores. And I always knew what I got. I, I always rented the, the Transformers, the movie VHS. Yeah. But I, I would make a beeline for that, rent it. And then what I would do is I'd always walk through the, 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 the horror aisle of the VHS uh, movies because they always had the most interesting VHS covers, some of which I found like utterly terrifying. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the movie, The Black Roses, but um, that the back of that VHS cover always like terrified me. Um, and so I would always like do this thing where like, I would look at it. I, I would like, what I would do is I would get really close to the actual like shelving and I'd kind of like sneak up to it, like as if it couldn't see me. <laughs> and then I would slowly turn the, the cover to, to look at the back because yeah. the back of the cover art has like this very scary demon. And it always scared me as a kid. Now it's, you know, as an adult, it's a very che- cheesy thing. But, that yeah. you know, as, as a five or six year old, it's the most it's the, it's the worst thing in the world. So I'd, I'd always sneak up on it and um, <laughs> and uh and I'd look at it and then run away. But, 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 but like, you know, I, I would look at like VHS cover art of like bad taste mm-hmm. and uh, I got, is it, is it, is it like subspecies? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. that whole thing. I look at those and um, I mean, you, I mean, we, we've, we've all been there chopping mall, yeah. just all yep. these great cover arts that, um, you know, like <laughs> as we discovered in our teens and, and adult life, like the, the movies weren't as good as the cover art, but, right. um, but so that, that, that was a big galvanizing thing for me. Uh, uh, becoming a horror fan was just loving these, this, this VHS cover art that we got, I got to see every Friday night. Well, I mean, it was, it was so you know, the, the sneaking up on it is something I can completely relate to too, because yeah. it was like, you know, in that era too, not only was it the, the video store cover art, but also like the grocery stores, at least the grocery stores that I went to would carry uh, magazines like Fangoria mm. and yeah, Starlog. Okay. So it's sure. like, 
you know, you'd, you'd get this exposure to horror movies, but like deep down for me, especially like I was too, too scared to check them out. Like, you know, it was something that I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll wait for this to come on like USA or TNT sometime. Oh my gosh. And I can yeah, watch I mean, it through like my fingers. Oh my, we can, we can go there too. I mean, yeah. I would, I would watch monster vision with Joe Bob Riggs on Saturday yeah. nights. I would watch USA up all night. Yeah. for like the dentist or the paper boy. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, like that, I mean, like I, I saw a uh, funny aside, I came across like this Instagram account that was talking about weird science from the nineties. And I completely yeah. forgot that was a TV series. <laughs> and it brought back all these memories of like La Femme Nikita and yeah. silk stockings. And uh, for, for, for people who are like, you know, like Nicola from your last episode, right. like, USA on Saturday nights was like the shit for, mm-hmm. for genre stuff. So um, I, I, I sort of like feel bad for people who grew up, growing up in this era who didn't yeah. have that, you know, thing to like, you know, like your parents are going to bed at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. And like, you just finished Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah. Now you're going to watch monster vision with, with Joe Bob Briggs. I mean, like right? what, a what, a, what a childhood that, that was. Yeah. Like it's, it's different. It's, it's so different now. Because yeah, like it's, there, it's there not is worse. no, it's just different, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Because and I think we've we've talked about this before. They're missing the you know flipping through channels like that. That yeah. doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, yeah. you can, yeah. but it's not it's not the same thing. Uh, because yeah. a lot of those networks are now just playing their own like TV shows ad nauseum right. or or reruns yeah. of uh, syndicated reruns all the time. But at that time, you know, there were specialized shows where it was like you know they play these kind of cheesy straight to video movies or sometimes mm-hmm. they would play like you know for the, the franchises friday the 13th nightmare on elm street mm-hmm. because they didn't right. have that that kind of like classic clout then that they do now they were just kind of like oh yeah this is that fun thing but now there's this this kind of esteem that goes with those kind of horror franchises yeah um but yeah and it was it was yeah. such a nice time yeah and when, and when you watch it with joe bob riggs on monster vision it, it wasn't it wasn't like televised as like this like stupid thing like there was like a love for it yeah and a like hey you know this is how it was made this you know like like there's a care to it you know like uh like a um a uh like a it was programmed for you you know and so it was just a special it was special it's very special i look back on it as a thing that like i'm so glad that i had in my childhood Yeah. yeah Yeah, it's, you know, like we said, it's it's different now, but not not necessarily better. You know, we had it better. We had it differently. Yeah. But I feel very lucky that right. you know, that was kind of the way that, that we had things uh, mm-hmm. because it made it made discovering uh, movies yeah. a lot easier. Yeah. Or, or yeah, even it, like it, you said, walking through the video store, like walking, just looking at cover art. That would be the way you would discover yeah. a movie. And now yeah. it's there's more research involved. Yeah. Yeah. Back then you couldn't um, just watch a trailer and see how yeah. a movie was. It was just yeah. like, all right, I'm guessing I'm just going to grab this VHS that looks insane. And then, you know, you're either really disappointed or, you know, you had a good night. Yeah. What were, were there any movies that you like found yourself uh, watching multiple times? Like, cause you know, I even, even being scared of stuff where there ones that kept drawing you back where it's like, okay, I watched this. It was scary. Now I want to, I want to see it again and see if uh, I'm less like scared as, by it. Like as a kid. Uh, yeah. I would say maybe yeah, kid high school era. Okay. I mean, high school era, I definitely rewatched more. I mean, like, 
like I mean, this is gonna sound so cliche, but like it's it's the thing, you know, like yeah. When that when Universal put out that collector's edition, like I don't know what ninety nine two thousand, that yeah. was like oh th- what's like the thing, like okay, you know, I'll watch it, and I mean like. I watched I watched the commentary on that. I watched the I watched the movie. I watched the making of, and I watched it again. And mm-hmm. and uh, that I mean that was the big one that I rewatched uh, the most. I can't remember what else I I would rewatch. Sure. I mean, like maybe like Scanners or something. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Prom night. Yeah, yeah. It was Which like isn't good. No, no. <laughs> but but yeah, I think I think the thing was, and especially that that DVD, the one with yeah. the uh, the gold like universal right. thing on the top and right. bottom, right? Uh, collector's edition. You're like, oh yeah, I'm I'm invested in this. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it was I I didn't see that movie until I had you know turned high school age or you know even I think it was even in uh, my first collegiate go round was when I had seen that movie for the first time, but just incredible. And it is, it's kind of uh, world altering uh, when you see something like that. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I I, I was going to say, you know, bad taste was another one that I would watch and show friends. Like that's a great party movie. Um, Where, where does that, where does it all change for you? Like, cause I know you said that before, you know, early on you were kind of like, Oh yeah, horror. I watch it. I watch it. But where did it become not an obsession? Because I wouldn't say you're obsessed with horror. You're yeah. obsessed with movies in general. Right. But like, when did it become, uh, you know, where, where your, your appreciation for horror movies kind of changed? Yeah. It definitely came um, in my mid twenties when, um, you know, I started to discover like, uh, when I would do like these, these like all weekenders when I would just watch horror movies for three or four days and, uh, and, and like uh, for sure, like the message board that I used to post on when I, when I was that age, uh, just talking to like-minded people who like, that was their life. They're just like, yeah. that's all they cared about. Um, definitely like, and, and we'll get to it, but like Suspiria, seeing Suspiria was like this like life altering moment where it was just like, Oh, there's other stuff that exists around the world. And, and then it was like, Oh, like, and and then, you know, you, you watch more movies and then, you you know, your guests on deep red said the same thing where it's like, Oh, someone made this. Like this wasn't just like conjured up and and, and like, it's like someone has a voice. And so then it was about watching like other Dario Argento movies. And then it's like, Oh, like, there's another, there's other Italian directors. I'm going to watch that. And then it was like, Oh, well, John Carpenter made the thing. Oh, he also made Halloween. And, and yeah. they, you know, this was, is this, is this about like being um, open to watching other things and then just finding them. And then it was a lot of like buying random, you know, DVDs on, on eBay or, mm-hmm. or um, I don't know if Amazon sold movies back then, but um, just going online and, and like going to Best Buy and seeing if they had, the new Anchor Bay releases or, yeah. or whatever. But like, it was just sort of like when you find something that sort of like piques your interest, it's like, okay, I'm going to make a list of things that came out in this era or, or the same genre. And then it's just about just watching all of it. And like I said, I have a friend in, I have a friend in Toronto who like also loves horror, kind of like me, like loves movies, mm-hmm. like doesn't obsess over just horror movies, sure. but like, but loves the genre to where we're finding new things. And then it's just, it's like my life was movies and I just spent all of my time 
like consuming movies and yeah. and 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 finding everything that um was available and like it's like oh top 100 movies of of the seven uh, top horror movies of the 70s mm-hmm. like write down the ones i didn't see top horror movies of the 80s write the ones i didn't see yeah. 90s and i just i just watched everything and then it was like oh this guy made that movie i like that I'll, I'll go watch this and then you know it's just i mean you you know how it is and oh, yeah. like you just you just like you consume everything you can get your hands on and, and that's kind of what i did it was just it was sort of like and and then as, as a as a movie person we're kind of like always we're always like searching for that like um that moment where we like where we sit down by ourselves watch like and and hope to watch a good movie we're, yeah. we're always searching for that next movie that does that for us yep. and so that that was that was what it was about for me was was finding that next horror movie and you know um our our good friend Corey, you know he he worked at um hollywood video and so sure. like before him before him and i were friends you know in the past few years like i would go he would recommend movies to me i would watch them come back the next day rent three or four more movies yeah and you know rinse and repeat and so like th- that was a big thing too was just just being open to watching new things and yeah. um <laughs> i watched a lot so <laughs> it's so funny because it's like you know, uh, I, I feel like Corey was that that video store guy who would just kind of recommend these offbeat. Like, I mean, he would know he would know his audience, like know who, who he was talking to. But yeah. to the people who could take it, he would recommend these right. kind of offbeat type movies. And that made me remember. So when I <laughs> when I left uh, the video store that I, I managed um, before I went to USD. I, I was like, well, I want to have, I want to have just a, a whole section of movies that I appreciate. Like I mm-hmm. want Andy's, Andy's goodbye are these, mm-hmm. these movies that I really love. And so I, I special ordered like a bunch of just like random uh, indies and, and, you know, foreign films and stuff like that, that I really liked that I wanted people to see. Mm-hmm. And like my, my thing had like the VHS version. I don't know if the DVD, maybe the DVD had come out around then. Uh, but I think there was, there was a version of man bites dog uh, mm, there. Okay. And I also I ordered the DVD of irreversible. Uh, well, you, for, you really for the store. Singing, didn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, cause when it was a blockbuster, when I worked at blockbuster, there was no way that we could carry those titles. But then sure. we switched over to an independent, like a, a more independent video store. And I right. was like, uh, fuck yeah, I'm getting irreversible. We're putting it in the yeah. store. And I don't know yeah. if anyone ever rented that movie. And I understand why. But yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm I'm going to uh, like, you know, the people who who know me will kind of be able to look at this shelf and say, oh yeah, okay, well, let's, let's see what I'm willing to take some chances with. Um, yeah. But yeah, the video store was was uh, one of those like, I mean, it, it still is to this day my favorite job I've ever had, and I wish that video stores existed and they had, yeah. like, I don't know, like respect to them and uh, good benefits, and good pay, yeah, uh, because I would yeah. love to to have a video store. Yeah, my, yeah. you know, it'd be it'd be wonderful to like win the lottery yeah and then someone opens a video store and you're like listen i'm gonna come here yeah you don't have to pay me right but i want to work here and you know like that's it 
Yep. I will, you're right. I will volunteer like, here one day a week at least. And exactly. Let me, yeah. Let me just talk to people and recommend movies to them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the other thing you talked about in there was, was the uh, kind of connecting the dots of like, you know, well, this person made this movie. Well, what else did they right. make? There's right. this, this interesting moment where it's like, you know, movies that I loved from my childhood that weren't even necessarily horror movies was like, uh, you know, I loved the Goonies growing up. I loved the princess mm-hmm. bride growing up. I loved big, sure. Tru- big trouble in little China growing up. Sure. And like when you finally kind of put names or uh, yeah, put names to the people who made these movies and then you go through and you're like, Oh my gosh, the person who directed the Goonies also directed Superman, the movie, uh, <laughs> the person who directed uh, a princess bride also did like, you know, when Harry met Sally and, yeah. you know, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. We already talked about uh, John Carpenter, and, but yeah, it's just it's this interesting feeling of like being able to connect those dots and just kind of your your mind is just vastly expanded right away into this mm-hmm. whole world of movies. And yeah, it just it helps that obsession uh, just grow and grow and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I kind of want to just start diving into our movie. Uh, okay. Because I feel like I feel like we can talk a lot about this movie and and go off on different tangents involved with this okay. movie. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and dive into our featured movie of the week, and that is Dario Argento's Suspiria. Well, what is it? I just wanted to talk to you about some of the things that have been happening here lately. It's useless to try and explain it to you. You wouldn't understand. It all seems so absurd, so fantastic. All I can do is get away from you as soon as possible. How come I never noticed that before? Susie, if you don't leave, where do they go? Um, before we kind of talk about your connection to this movie where you first saw this movie all mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. what is i'm going to put you on the spot what sure. is in your own words what is suspiria all about ah <sighs> um if, if you <laughs> well i guess to me that is sort of like what the 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 uh, the basic plot of the movie would be um yeah. so like the basic plot of the movie is um, I guess I shouldn't even say the basic plot because the plot is so basic that it's just the plot. <laughs> sure. But like the movie is about a, a young woman from America that is invited to uh, train, would you say train at yeah. a uh, prestigious ballet academy in Germany and um, through uh, weird events and um, uh, some investigation she finds out that uh the, the 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 dance academy is actually a front for a coven of witches yeah yeah pretty i, uh, I, I was pretty debating simple. whether i wanted to actually reveal yeah whether it's twist. about whether it's about witches or not but like if, if someone hasn't seen the movie and they watch it, like yeah. there's music in the opening, like five minutes that they say the word witch in. Right. So like, it, it's not exactly like uh, <laughs> spoilers or anything. So. Yeah. Well, I think too, I think a lot of our, our conversation as we go along that, oh. that supernatural element is super yeah. 
Like, also, no, nothing much really happens in this movie. Like, if you break it down, like, there's nothing that really happens in this movie. And I don't mean that as a pejorative. I, I, right. I, I just mean, like, in terms of, like, a plot and character development, like, you're, sure. you're, in, the wrong, you're in the wrong theater for that. Yeah, it's 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 less like this is one that's less about characters and more about kind of style. And I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I I spoiling our conversation ahead. I love this movie, uh, and I know you do too. Yeah. Um, so, what was your what was your first experience with this movie? Do you remember the first time that you saw this movie, and how how did you take to it then? Yeah. So. Um... I'm actually going to talk about how I discovered the movie because um, when, when I discovered this movie, um, DVD was sort of a brand new format. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not brand new, but I think I think the the DVD came out in like 2000 or 2001, so it was, yeah. it was a few years old. Um, I used to read DVD reviews on IGN of all places. I don't know why. Like, I think it was a video game. Um, uh, website but they, they did dvd reviews and um they used to they used to like review movies based on the actual like quality of the movie the audio presentation of the movie the video presentation of the movie or i should say the dvd and then the content of the dvd like how much extras there were and they they'd rent they, they'd rate everything out of 10 and they're like, oh, we're reviewing the new Suspiria, the Anchor Bay release of Suspiria. Anchor Bay, for people who don't know, was like this, I guess for me, it'd be the arrow of the early 2000s. They they would take these like exploitation or cult or unknown or um, smaller like uh, genre or horror movies and and, and give them like a deluxe treatment. Mm -hmm. And um, one day... IGN did a, re- did a like oh we're reviewing the new Anchor Bay release of Suspiria the three disc limited edition and I'm like three discs for one movie like what yeah. are what are you like what are you doing and um, I'd never heard of that before and I'd never heard of Suspiria I'd never heard of Anchor Bay uh, well maybe I have because I think they also released like Cat of Nine Tales and mm-hmm. like Inferno and other Argento movies but yeah. I I had never heard of Suspiria before. And the word Suspiria to me, like, just like, it was just a word that like, I became like magnetized to like, I was like, what is this word? I loved saying it. I loved hearing it. Um, who is this director? Dario Argento. Like, that's such an interesting name to me. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they had screenshots of the movie. And I was like, what is this movie? Like, why are there pink? Why, why is there pink? Why, why is there neon green? in neon red this is a horror movie like what is this and and i was and and so like i kept looking at these screenshots and this was the first review of a dvd where they gave tens across the board tens to the movie 10 to the audio presentation to the video presentation to the disc itself i had never seen that before and so i was like okay this is a big deal. Like what, what is up with this movie? And they talked about how like it was this lo- like this lost cult classic, this, this, this lost like great masterpiece. And I was like, all right, I am, I'm buying this day one. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't need to see a trailer. Well, we couldn't watch it. You couldn't watch a trailer back then. YouTube didn't exist back in 2000, 2001. Right. So 
I, you know, I was sort of like hedging my bets that Best Buy was going to get like a, uh, a few copies of this. So um, uh, if I was in high school, I, I, I left on my lunch to go to Best Buy and see and, and, and to see if they had it. And, and they did. You know, it was like yeah. a, it was, I think it was like a thirty dollar DVD. Um, uh, and I, I, I didn't hesitate. And I went home and watched it that night and was just like blown away yeah. by what I was seeing. Um, uh, the, like I said, it was three discs. It had the disc for the movie. Uh, I had the disc for um, extra features. And, and then I had never seen this before. I had, I had a disc for the soundtrack of the actual movie. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I watched the movie and I just could not believe what I was watching. Um, and I'm, I, I, don't quote me on this, but I think it was an uncut version of the movie as well. Sure. And so seeing a movie that was that graphic also was just... Um, blowing my mind and you know andy as 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 movie as movie fans and we we just we want people to see this and it was just something that i just i I wanted my friends to see my friends who were not in the movies who knew i was and and um so seeing seeing suspiria was a very very uh, very big deal i would say it was in terms of like watching um movies it was a very transcendent and Mm -hmm. like life-altering experience i i would say it's one of my favorite movies of all time like yeah. if someone were to ask about my five favorite movies this this is not just my favorite horror movie this is my favorite one of my favorite movies period like yeah it's it's that monumental for me you know i i remember when this came out on dvd because we did get a copy of this uh that mm. that dvd we only got the, we got the one disc version right they, right they released like they had the three they, disc they, special edition right and they had they the one did. disc yep uh and yeah. we got that and i was like i don't know what this movie is uh do i want to watch this i don't know i don't know if i want to watch it and then i but i had i had no idea what the movie was like i just yeah. knew off of the cover art and it was the the one disc uh version that covers very very basic it's like a blue neon blue face screaming just very simple uh and i was like well maybe i'll get around to watching that and i think what had happened with it is that somebody rented it and they never brought it back and mm. i mean i guess i can understand because it was up to that Our point person. it was yeah, yeah very difficult to get their hands on so um but yeah so yeah. i never had a chance to watch that but i wish you know, I wish there would have been a way that I could have done a little bit of like, you know, what is this movie? Just, just or, or just taking a chance on it then, uh, mm-hmm. because I didn't see this movie until just a few years ago for the first mm. time. Wow. And like, I watched it at work, um, you know, when I was working overnights and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Uh, mm-hmm. But like when I rewatched it uh, last week to kind of prepare mm-hmm. for this episode, uh yeah i was blown away like this movie is just incredible yeah like yeah it works on so many levels and it's like we'll we'll kind of talk about this a little bit more as we go along uh but i think the the kills are so shocking like yeah. just so they they make you uncomfortable and mm. there's not it's not i mean it's it's a bloody movie but it's not like there's a lot of death but there are the the few death sequences that there are in this film are 
uh, uncomfortable, but great. Yeah. Like just great, yeah. great, like really beautiful sequences. So uh, we can kind of talk about that as we go along. But yeah, I just think this is uh, an excellent, excellent movie. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it to you? Like, I, I guess maybe why why does this movie kind of stand the test of time? Like, what why why is this such a genre classic and not even not even a genre classic because as you said this is one of your favorite movies of just of movies in general but what is it about this movie that makes it stand out in that that upper echelon of movies yeah i i I, it's just so such a unique movie there even even in dario argento's like catalog it's it's such a unique experience there's there's no movie like it you know like People like people talk about like oh, Jalo is defined by like these bright neon colors and like that's just not tr- like it's just not true. Yeah, like this like there's no other movie that exists like this. Like even like you could make the argument that Inferno sort of like th- th- which is like a semi sequel to it, it, it has like the same kind of tint to it, but like it doesn't have like this like this weird air to it like this this transcendent like filmmaking and um like it's such a hard movie to describe even though like it's such an easy movie to describe but like yeah. there's just it's, it's just like there's no movie like it there's there's nothing else it, yeah. like that's ever been made it's like Suspiria nothing yeah. like the combination of of the 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 weird music and the the the, the visuals like there's just there's nothing like it and I think What's really interesting, I was thinking about this, is like, I, you know, like I think the weird case for Suspiria is that with with horror fans, it's it's a classic. I still don't think it's it's a known classic movie amongst like people who who want to watch like like the the, the every person who wants to watch a horror movie every year. Right. They're not gonna like oh I'm, I'm they're they're gonna watch Halloween. They're gonna watch Friday the Thirteenth. They're gonna watch uh Nightmare on Elm Street, that Exorcist, Chainsaw Massacre, which that's fine. Those are great movies, but like for horror fans, Suspiria is is on par with those movies. Yeah, and it, I, it still feels like people don't know about Suspiria. Yeah, and I feel like it's my job to let them know that this movie exists. <laughs> and it's funny, a friend of mine, like he's he's not he's not in the movies, and last year him and his wife, every year they watch something new. He's like, hey, I, I want to watch something, or we, we, we want to watch something. We don't know what to watch. Like, what's what's one movie you would instantly recommend people? And I didn't hesitate to, to recommend Suspiria. Sure. And they wa- they watched it, and they're just like, holy shit, dude. And I'm like, I know. I, I know. Like, <laughs> And so it's hard to say, like, how, like, what makes this movie stand the test of time other than just like there's just no other movie like it yeah. like, I, I i've i've seen i'm not bragging but like i've seen almost five thousand movies mm-hmm. i there's nothing like suspiria there's just there's nothing like it yeah. you know and i think that's why it just it keeps hitting people you, you know like in this this new light like oh my god like there's this movie that looks and sounds like this i've, I've never seen anything like it before I think I think a thing that really helps that is, is something that you touched upon is that I think this is a movie that still really lends itself to be discovered by people. Right. I think that there are movies it's like, you know, this is probably a bad analogy, but we do. We live in a time 
where Marvel movies just dominate the, sure. the stratosphere. Like they're, yeah. they're everywhere. And everybody who, in quotation fingers, everybody goes to those, everybody experiences, experiences them, sees them, gets the, you know, whatever the vibe from those movies. And that's the conversation. Like the conversation lasts as long as that movie is in theaters. And then you kind of move on to right. whatever the next Marvel property is. Yeah. Um, well, which... I don't think that's a Marvel thing. I think that's just sort of like yeah. how um, our society works now. Yeah. I, I, you know, like with Twitter, like we're constantly fed news. I yeah. just think like that is just how things are in general. Yeah. You know, like right. something happens and then like the next day something happens. It's like, holy shit, that happened back to back. Yeah. So and you're yeah. just constantly moving forward. But right. I think I think with something like as far as uh, Suspiria is concerned and I think too we we do this a lot with the Criterion cha- uh, Criterion break is like there are so many movies there that it's like they are still able to be discovered by people people love them mm-hmm. people sing their praises but there are still people who have not seen them and are ready to yeah. just like devour this this world this yeah. universe and yeah. I think that's a really great thing about Suspiria is because people do love it lots of people do love it but lots of people don't even know that it exists yeah uh, and, and, and to be fair there's do... a lot of people who don't like the movie either oh that's, sure that's that's sure. totally fine oh, yeah. i understand i completely understand why you know people would, i there's i you know there's there's a few reasons why people probably wouldn't like this movie yeah. and oh, i yeah. completely understand it you know it's very violent towards women which yep. you know it's I, I understand that's a thing and mm-hmm. there's no plot to the movie. I understand people look for that in the movie. Like, yeah, the, I, I totally understand it. Yeah. yeah. But I think there's, there's something there that a lot of people can really just uh, yeah. dig their teeth into and, and enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say this and then we'll kind of get into the, the deeper issue at hand. Um, was this <laughs> your first experience with a possible giallo film and then with the genre what you know did this kind of open the door for you to that genre or were there other films that you saw first that you were kind of like going so, forward you like yeah this this was the first giallo that i saw sure. um however when i saw it that word was not used or okay. at least at least like when i watched like when i read that ign trailer or i'm sure. sorry that ign article the word might have been brought up, but I really didn't notice it. Yeah. I didn't really learn of the word, the term giallo until um, I would say like 2007, 2008, 2006, somewhere around in there. You know, uh, my friend in, my friend in Toronto, we were talking about horror movies and we were talking about giallos. This is back when Netflix was most popular for um, disc rentals and you could like sort of like make a queue of movies and then edit that queue of movies based on like what how quickly you watch things and one day we were talking about i mean i I don't know what it was it might have been i mean it might have been opera it might have been don't Don't torture a duckling it might have might have been you know lizard in a woman's skin i i can't remember but we were talking about the jalos and it's like oh what's this what's this word jalo and then you know we, we talked about what the word jalo meant and where it came from and then it was sort of like all right i'm gonna throw a bunch of jalos towards the top of my queue and i just you know sort of like went through like maybe like 15 20 of them you know like and and to be honest like i didn't i would have to go back and rewatch them to sort of like you know even remember what they were about you know i'm trying to think of what some of them they were um 
uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of movies with like really long titles. Um, right. <laughs> but like, like I said, you know, like earlier, like um, Cat O' Nine Tales was one. Inferno, um, Bird with the Crystal Plumage was another one. Uh, opera by all, all, all these Dario Argento movies. Tenebrae. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of that stuff. A lot of the Fulci, a lot of the, the uh, who's the other guy that? Um, uh, Bava? Who, who, uh, yes, Mario Bava. Uh, Bay of Blood, uh, things like that. Yeah. I watched a lot of that stuff. Yeah, all in like the space of a month. I watched like 15, 20 giallos. Man. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think it's, it's, I guess we could kind of just dive right into it. That, sure. Because, you know, you, you get to see all those other films. You get to see all these other giallos. And as you said earlier, too, Suspiria is unlike anything else. There are no other right. movies that are like right. that. This is one that is lumped into that genre of, of, of sure. filmmaking. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of that is because there are elements there that a lot of people associate with right. Jalo. Right. You know, it's the, the, you know, very, very colorful, very interestingly filmed, a great score. And there is a, a murder that happens and the, there is. Yep. the source of the murder is being, you know, investigated. Uh, however, like a lot of is the other Jalo films, I guess it is. Yeah, I mean, sure. they, they want to know what happened to her. They want to sure. know, you that's know, fair. how it that's all fair. went. Uh, but where it differs is, you know, I don't think there's, I don't think there's ever an incident incident where there's a gloved or masked the, killer. Uh, there, the is, I, I, I think oh, sure. there is actually okay. towards the end. Yeah, At the end. Yeah, uh, and then there's, uh, there's not like really the there's not a detective i think it's more of like the the psychiatrists and then uh susie like the the main character is the one who's kind of investigating and it just feels more like the the focus of the film is more on the supernatural uh kind of horror elements than a giallo uh for you yeah where does this movie land is this a giallo film so as you said at the beginning of the episode I was not the first person to be yeah. on this episode. Yeah. The person who the person who chose this movie thinks it's a Jala movie. Yeah. I I personally do not think it's a Jala movie. Sure. I'm not here to argue that point. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it's a Jala. I for me it's supernatural like yeah. movie. However, like you know, if if I were to make a top ten list of Jalos, I wouldn't include it. If somebody else included it on their top 10 of Jala movies, I would sit down and talk to them about Suspiria because yeah. ultimately I just, I love the movie yeah. and I want, I want to talk about it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, cause, cause as, as people don't know, but you and I have had like these little <laughs> like back and forths about like, well, I think it's a Jala. Well, I don't. <laughs> and, you know, I, I thought about it leading up this episode and I just, I don't want to, um, you know sort of like get into it you know like it's 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 a great movie nonetheless and i'm really excited to be talking about it and i'm i'm hoping that people who love the movie are here to listen to us talk about it and i'm hoping people that have not seen the movie are here to um or are here to listen to it this episode and to to discover the movie uh themselves and see what they think um there are things in the movie that would make it a giallo i think the non-jalo outweighs the jalo that's that's what i'll say yeah so i think i think after watching it this time through 
you know, and, and I did I, for for so long when we would have these conversations. I'm like, no, this is the only Jalo film I like. Like, this is the yeah. this, that means yeah. I kind of like the genre because this is the only one that I like. Yeah, but yeah. I think maybe <laughs> maybe I was drawn to it because it was not uh, not your typical jalo film i think there's there are elements there of course uh i think with argento being so connected to uh you know kind of being thought of as one of the forefront directors Mm -hmm. in the genre you know that might be one of the reasons why it it kind of uh falls into that category but yeah after watching it this time through uh i i don't necessarily know that i i think it is a jalo film uh i'm again like you i'm not i'm never going to yeah, uh, begrudge anyone if they consider no. it to be that, uh, no. because I just think this movie's awesome. Uh, I think it's exceptional, and wherever you want to, wherever you want to consider it, just consider it because it's yeah, it's stupendous. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I I I agree. I think that's uh, there's no really no real need to debate that just because it's you know I'll just I'll just have a conversation about the movie because I love the movie. Um, yeah. What uh, what what sequences in this film, uh, or not even not even necessarily sequences? Like what elements in this film uh, really stand out to you as something that helps sure. make this super special? Yeah, this gets super easy at this point. Um, yeah. It's the score. Yeah, for one, which I mean, like I've never heard anything like this score yeah. before. Even even so, the score is done by this Italian prog rock band. If you don't know. Uh, called Goblin. They've done other Dario Argento movies. Um, they uh, they've done. I th- I think they did the original score for Dawn of the Dead, the the George Romero movie as well. Okay. They just they've done a bunch of horror horror movie scores. I think don't don't quote me on this. I think the I think one of the members of the band Claudio Simonetti. I, I think he was in the band. He's also done other scores for uh, Argento as well. Um, it's just such a unique score for a movie. Um, it's a lot of like weird chanting and um, weird like like stringed instruments and um, it's just I don't know how to describe it. It's just something not of this earth. It's not human um, and the crazy thing is, is the, the, the story is, is they, they composed the score before Argento even started shooting the movie. Oh, and, wow. then, and, then he, and then Argento would play the music while they were shooting to sort of like capture the mood uh, of the film, which if you, if you either know what it looks like or you don't. Yeah. And if you don't know what it, what it looks like, the... <laughs> The thing that sets Suspiria apart, as I said earlier, is like there's a lot of like sequences in the movie where where color is bathed in neon colors, where it's like neon green or pink or red or blue or purple. And what's 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 great is like the characters never acknowledge it. It's just sort of like it's just sort of this thing, Um, you know. Argento was seeking to make this movie that he wanted to make as like this fantasy, this like children's fantastical fable, kind of like a Hansel or Gretel or um, 
Alice in Wonderland type 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 film. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but like Argento, his script originally was about eight to ten year old girls, oh. and nothing like it was supposed to be as violent as what we got. Oh, and the producer was like, "Dude, you you can't make this movie. <laughs> like, you can't you can't make." You can't make a movie with eight to 10-year-old girls who are getting, like, there's a shot of the movie where, like, a stabbed, it's, uh, I'm sorry, a heart is getting stabbed. Like, you see yeah. a heart getting stabbed. There's, there's no way you can make a movie about eight, eight to 10-year-old girls getting killed like that. So right. he had to change it. So all, all he changed was the age of the girls. They ended up becoming, like, you know, 18, 19-year-old girls. So, like, all of this plays into, like, what Argento is doing. This These colors, these these this weird music. It's all supposed to be, like, this this fable or like this nightmarish um, uh, kids tale or or children's uh, tale. And um, it's just like this unique, (laughs) it's just this unique movie, you know, like there's, there's sequences where like, there's, there's one of my favorite sequences in the movie is where like the girl, like um, uh, maggots infest the school and to, to, to make sure all the girls are, are have this like, really like nice uh safe comfortable uh sleeping uh um uh this nice comfortable night to sleep um they all sleep in like this gymnasium yeah and like they're all like going to sleep and there's like these great like big uh sheets that are that are supposed to block off the teachers from the the students and they're all laying there going to bed and the, the lights go off and as soon as soon as the lights go off these big like red pink lights yeah. go off or, or come come up and so everything's everything's well lit in this yeah. this like really pink hue and it's like no one no one brings this up it's just it just happens yeah and and and, and you know like that and that's why i love this movie is like it's it's just this experience it's just it's just this movie you're supposed to just watch and feel and sort of absorb and like nothing is supposed to make sense yeah. And um, that's that's why I love the movie is 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 like I, I don't want to get pretentious, but like it's pure cinema to me. Yeah. Like there's no there's no I mean, there are a first and second and third act to it. And whether like whether you can decipher that, like li, li, like this is why I love Suspiria, because yeah. there are people who go to film school. There are people who don't. Um, like like you and you and Derek, you know, are, are the Criterion Break guys. You yeah. and Derek are very good at looking at a movie and being like, "Oh, the first act is great, and the third act is great." And like, I'm not good at that. Like, I can't sure. watch a movie. I can't watch a movie and be like, "Oh, what's what's the what's the screenplay doing? What's the direction doing?" Like, yeah. I, I'm not good at that. I'm good at just feeling a movie. I absorb yeah. a movie, which is why sometimes it takes me a few a few watches to to really get a movie to get on that movie's wavelength. Yeah. And Suspiria for me is in, is is very indicative of how I watch movies because it is a movie you feel, it's a movie you you uh, absorb, it's a movie you you sort of just like let wash over you. And yeah. um that that's why Suspiria for me works so well is because it doesn't make any sense at all. There's probably plot holes galore, but like, as far as like experiencing a movie, like Suspiria is what, wh- how I watch a movie, like yeah. how that movie is made is, is how I watch movies. It's just, I, f- I feel it. Yeah. So 
And I, and I feel like, though, I, I think a lot of the best movies are the ones that that cause, you know, people who are analytical of them to just kind of let that go. Like, I yeah. think the ones that, that take you for that ride and you're just willing to go along with them, I think those are really, you know, the, the most engaging movies. Like, you know, we, we can say, for example, like, I, I don't think in a million years, uh, if you would have asked me a couple years ago, that I would have loved Top Gun Maverick as much as I did. Sure. Uh, but watching that movie, like everything just, I was so dialed into it. And right. I think, you know, if you go back and watch it from an analytical standpoint, you can probably dissect a few things, but man, it is just a fun, engaging, well-made, like movie yeah. that feels tactile. It feels tangible. And like, I think that all works for me. I'm willing to, willing to go with it. And I, I, my brain was just like, when the movie was over, I'm just like, I loved it. I loved that whole experience. Yeah. And I think this, the same thing is, is here. It's like, it, I it, just, I love this experience. I, exactly. I really like going yeah. on this ride. That, that's exactly right. I mean, like, I think you, you can make movies with, with like quote unquote weak screenplays. And I'm not saying, yeah. you know, Top Gun Maverick is a weak screenplay. I think the screenplay is what it is. It, it, it has like, you know, probably like the, the 45 minute switch to the, the, the second act or whatever. But like, I think at some point quality has to take over or yeah. like, um, and maybe not, maybe punching above its weight isn't like a, the right term, but like in the case of Maverick, like it's just such a well-made movie that yeah. it more than makes up for very similar beats that it hits. Right. And um, with Suspiria, like, I mean, this, this, if there is a screenplay for the movie, like the visuals, you know, the, the directing, the, the, the score, the, the feel of the movie more than makes up for the lack of like a, a cohesive story or, you know, a good screenplay yeah. uh, lacks. So, yeah. Uh, you, you talked about the score for this movie and I think the score is, uh, iconic uh it's it's one of those that like you know and deep red is the same way where it's like these these musical pieces just get stuck inside your head and you find right. yourself like whistling or humming to them like the the guitar one the the string one the doom 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 you know it's like yeah that, yeah, yeah that part like it reminded me of you know something that George Michael or or uh, uh, mm, okay, gosh, I can't remember who else I, I compared it to, but it's like it's this really like or Kenny Loggins, like it sure. just has this kind of it's like this this fun funky Twi little guitar, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then yeah. underneath all that, there are these really creepy like bells and like just sound effects that are also going on, yeah. And it's like you you're so thrown off. Because it's like, you know, and I, and I think the idea of this, this ballet school is like, it's this happy place, you know, people are going to dance, doing this thing that they love. And meanwhile, there is all of this creepy, shady stuff uh, mm -hmm. that's happening here. And it's like, it, it's such a, an interesting mix in the music that, mm -hmm. you know, while different different tonally to how I perceive a ballet school to be. Um, I think there's that same feel of like, you know, this, this happiness, but just underneath the surface, uh, there's some terror and <laughs> crazy stuff going on. Yeah. Um, I love 
uh, and I want to talk with you about this too. I love the kills uh, in this movie. Uh, I think they are very creative and very scary. Uh, yeah. I, I think it, it yeah. opens with just a phenomenal like death, like that whole <laughs> sequence. Uh, but in later on in the movie, when uh, I believe the character's name is Sarah? Yep, the roommate, yeah. Yeah, when, when she... <laughs> falls into the razor wire well it's, uh, i think it's, i think it's piano wire oh my god like yeah. just like falls into that and is getting herself all tangled up and then just to just to finish her off uh she gets her throat slit man like just filmed so well uh choreographed so well like it's just it's it's shocking and it's like it's never I, I don't know if I would say necessarily that it's a surprise. I think you kind of see these things coming. Although uh, in that first death, the little bonus death uh, uh, caught me off guard this time because I had forgotten that not only does the first girl <laughs> die, but then her friend uh, gets killed too. Um, yeah. What are your, I guess, what are your what are your thoughts on these deaths, Blake? Since I just went ahead and talked about them as much as I could, how do you this feel is, about them? This is going to sound really terrible, but um, I sort of agree with Dario Argento. It's sort of like I love watching beautiful women die. You know, like sure. it's <laughs> it's 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 like I you know like this. <laughs> it's all so well made. You know, like. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean these 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 women die in such. And I listen. I, there is one dude who bites the dust, like yeah. pretty hardcore in the movie. Oh, so I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to make this a misogynistic. I, I like right. for for people out there. I have two daughters. I'm not that yeah. kind of person. But yeah. like the <laughs> the way the way people get killed in this movie is <laughs> insane. Like yeah. I, I don't want to ruin too much for people who haven't seen it. One yeah. one person falls through glass. She gets hung uh, after getting her heart stabbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, another another woman dies with some of that glass falling into her face. Yeah. One guy gets his, his neck bitten out by a German shepherd. Yeah. As you said earlier, another woman gets her throat slit. I mean, it's all very grotesque and disgusting, but like it's so much fun to watch because the like like just the way these like the the composition of these sequences are so incredible like i i really hope that the majority of the people that are listening to this have not seen this movie because they're going to go watch something truly incredible like the opening sequence where and it's not just like this woman getting you know stabbed to death by this fiend that you actually never find out what it even is yeah it's just like it's the whole thing where like Susie Banyan, the main character, is arriving at the school. It's it's in, in the middle of a thunderstorm. This girl pops out of the door of, of the school, screaming something. We can't make it out. She runs through the forest that's just lit up really weird. And there's this really terrifying music with like these like witch chants happening. And then like she goes to her this apartment that has like the craziest production design. Like no building looks like this in the world. Like there's it just it just doesn't exist, you know. Yeah. And there's there's like this um, these sta- the stained glass skylight that 
like I guarantee does not exist in any reality. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like they, she goes in this apartment that's lit up with these blue, these neon blues and, and pink colors. And then like this weird orchestral like guitar starts. I mean, like yeah. it's just so much fun to watch. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, the whole sequence that you talked about earlier with the, the girl getting her throat slit, like, you didn't even mention that, like, it's 10 minutes yeah. of, this, of this girl being, like, being like, chased being chased to the school. Yeah. And, like, that, that whole sequence, Andy, starts with her and Susie in this room where mm-hmm. Susie's in this bed and, like, the light is on and the camera slowly, like, moves up to this light bulb and the light goes out and this green hue hits yeah. the room. And then all of a sudden, like, the, the the room is lit up with green neon and she escapes and then like this this music is following her through yeah. this this weird <coughs> excuse me this this weird building that that the layout makes no sense it's almost like that the house <laughs> in winchester where like they built it to not make sense yeah and, and this 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 thing you never see is following her through these rooms that like you're almost like these these rooms only exist to be in this movie like these rooms don't exist and like they they don't make sense in terms of why they make sense like in terms of like why you would make a room like this yeah in terms of like storage or layout or like just this being in this room they make no sense and it's it's all a part of this elaborate scheme to make you just feel really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and make you experience this nightmare. So, I mean, like the, the violence is, is one thing and it's, it's very grotesque, but like it's how Argento gets you there. Yeah. And these very uncomfortable sequences uh, with, 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 with filmmaking and, and music and sound design, it's, it's how you get there is, is the fun. You yeah. know, it's, it's, it's not the violence against women. It's, it's just how you get there. That yeah. is just so. This is so unique. I mean, other Argento movies. Well, I sh- I shouldn't say that. There, some other Argento movies work the same way, but like not like this. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious of if you were to to kind of pick out. I don't. You know. I don't want to go there just yet. I want to. I want to talk about Jessica Harper first. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think she's great in this movie. I oh, think okay. it is. I think it's not a movie that really like demands much as far as character work goes right but i think for her her presence uh and that might just be because i like her like her she has this this one two three punch for me in my head of like doing this movie uh doing phantom of the paradise and then doing uh the the rocky horror sequel okay uh shock treatment like and these are three movies that really like i mean (laughs) suspiria is great uh, but I think she's just kind of she's like the the chess piece in the movie. She's kind of sure. being moved around, yeah. not having a yeah. lot to do. And I right. think with the other two movies, they're not great movies. I think Phantom of the Paradise uh, definitely has its its uh, things, and I sure. love it. Like I love yeah. that movie so much. Yeah. Uh, and Shock Treatment is terrible, but sure. I love it. I love that stupid movie, and yeah. she is just this uh, kind of light in all three of those movies. 
Um, what are what are your thoughts on maybe her performance and any other any other interesting performances in this movie? Uh, Udo Kier uh, appears in this movie <laughs> with the greatest like overdubbed voice uh, ever. Yeah, like, in a movie yeah, like just yeah. wild. But yeah, yeah, what are your thoughts on on her or the anybody else in this movie? Yeah, you know, like for a second there, I thought you were going to bring up Minority Report, but um, <laughs> um, no, you know, I think Jessica Harper's fine in this movie, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that as a as a a, uh, a negative thing. I, I I just I think like uh, like you said, she's a chess piece. You know, like yeah. I I I sort of akin uh, Argento to, to to Brian De Palma, who ironically directed yeah. uh, <laughs> Phantom of the Paradise, but like. Right. I think, you know, like De Palma and Argento are more interested in making like capital M movies with like camera movements and these big grand sequences of like orchestral scores set to images with violent deaths or, you know, like these complicated sequences where characters are trying to survive something. And so I don't really... The, the performance of Jessica Harper here doesn't really interest me that much. Sure. She's, she's just sort of like a conduit to like this weird movie. Um, I, you know, Argento picked her because um, uh, she reminded him of uh, Snow White, who, sure. you know, which goes back to the whole uh, uh, children's fable or children's fairy tale uh, of, of, of the movie. So yeah. I, I think... Jessica Harper is great. I, 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 as, a, as an actress, I, you know, like I have a lot of respect for her, you know, Casey, our friend Casey and I were having a conversation about her where we're kind of like, wow, like, why didn't she, like, why wasn't she a big star? Like what happened? And I, I kind of, I, I, from my understanding, she really didn't care about that. She, sure. she, she liked acting. She had a family and she wanted to be there for her family. And, you know, she took jobs as she took them. And yeah. I kind of respect that, which, you know, like, which is why like I was really happy to see her in my uh, in, a, in a very small role in Minority Report and yeah. uh, and also in uh, the Suspiria remake uh, which came out a few years ago um, and then I you know, like uh, I I didn't see Phantom of the Paradise until about I don't know eight months ago nine sure. months ago but um, which I think she's I think that's kind of a superstar performance that she gives in that movie yeah yeah I I, I love that movie <laughs> yeah yeah uh, um. I think I think I'll ask you one more question about this movie before we kind of talk about uh, the remake of this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you were to if you were to sell this movie to somebody, or maybe the opening it, sequence, the opening sequence, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. Great. I mean, it, ha- I think- it, it has it has it all. Yeah, it has it has the it has the insane colors. It has like three or four different songs from the soundtrack that just really offset the whole thing. It has the best kills, you know, like. One of, one of the arguments against the movie is that it peaks in the first 15 minutes of the movie. And I, I, I don't disagree with that statement. I think the best sequence is the opening 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And um, I, I just, I, I, I do think the rest of the movie is worth watching. Yeah. But um, the opening sequence, just, it has it all. Insane kills, uh, the, the gonzo music, the, the colors, the, the camera movements, um, all of that. It just, it has it all. Yeah, I think it, it really reels you in. Like it just gets you gets you excited and interesting interested uh, for what is yet to come. So yeah, I would right. I would choose that scene as right. well. 
what were your thoughts on the remake? Uh, for those of you listening who are not familiar with Suspiria at all, uh, in 2018, um, uh, Luca Guadagnino, the director of Call Me By Your Name, did a remake, reinterpretation sure. uh, of this film. Uh, and it was... Uh, released in limit you know limited release in theaters but was an amazon original and has been streaming on amazon prime uh for a very long time now Mm -hmm. what are your your thoughts towards the the remake of this film yeah um i have a i have quite a journey with this movie um i remember back when uh david gordon green was going to remake the movie um back in like one 2006 2007 there's a lot of talk of him doing it um, which is so funny because now he's he's done the Halloween thing and now he's yeah. doing the, the Exorcist sequel or whatever the hell that is. But yeah. um, um, I'm sure you're really excited about that. <laughs> you know, I, I wish I were. Like, I'm interested, but I, my my heart yeah. is like, I don't know if I'm ready yeah. for this. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I was I was very excited for it. Um, very curious how what was going to happen. Um, so for, for people who don't know, David Gordon Green, I think had written a screenplay of a remake um, and was, or was planning on having someone doing it and was going to direct. And then it sort of got stalled. He wanted, I think he wanted Natalie Portman to make the movie. And then um, Darren Aronofsky ended up making uh, Black Swan, which is very much inspired by um, Suspiria. In fact, if you yeah. go back and watch some of the old TV spots for the movie, uh, Aronofsky uses the Suspiria score in in, oh, wow. the, tra- in, the, in the TV spots. So when, when Black Swan came out, um, you know, and garnered all those Academy Award nominations, and I think it won a few as well, uh, that sort of put the kibosh on it. However, uh, Luca Guadagnino, as you had said, um, was very fascinated by uh, the movie and wanted to remake it. And, um, you know, my journey with Luca Guadagnino was, I, you know, I, I, I came in with, uh, he made a movie with Tilda Swinton called I Am Love. Yeah. And I thought that was, I think that might've been like my favorite movie of that year or my, my second favorite. I, I loved that movie. Um, and he made another one after uh, A Bigger Splash. I'm, I'm a huge sure. fan of that movie as well. Okay. I love Call Me By Your Name. Tremendous. So I, I, I was pretty hyped for this movie. Yeah. And um, in fact, I remember being like super pissed because I remember being super pissed at Call Me By Your Name because he had shot it. Yeah. Uh, he had shot Suspiria like right after Call Me By Your Name. And, and like Call Me By Your Name came out and like got all this buzz. He had to like leave production to go like promote the movie because <laughs> it was such a big thing. And I heard just being super fucking pissed because <laughs> I was like, I want to see the Suspiria remake. Yeah. And I, I remember like my friend in Toronto, uh, we kept talking about this, like, what's he going to do? Like, how is he going to like remake this? And like, I, like, it's, you know, like it's going to be really weird to have all these, these, these colors. And then he's like, well, actually, you know, <laughs> he's not going to do the, he's not going to do the, the colors. I, I, yeah. Did you did you end up watching the remake at all? Oh I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, okay. I have seen I've seen it before, and then I was rewatching it. I didn't get it finished the second oh, time okay. around, but okay. I know I I know the ending of it. Okay, pretty, so pretty so yeah, you know where I'm going with this. The yeah. final sequence does have like very vibrant red tint to it. However, it's yeah. it's it's sort of like a different implication in what what's happening in the movie. Yeah. Um, 
But um, <clears throat> so when I saw the Suspiro remake, I was I was sort of like, I, you know, I, I, I was sort of like, oh, so this exists now. Yeah. So I was I was very like, I don't know what to think of this movie, and I was very like, I was kind of like bored by it. Sure. And then I was also like, sort of like, very fascinated with with what Guadagnino had had had, had done, and yeah. you know, he sort of traded in like a really weird score for it for a score by Tom York yeah. uh, from Radiohead. And like I said, he ditched for the most part, you know, for 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 ninety five percent of this movie, there's no like vibrant color, so it's a very drab, um, yeah. like cold. Uh, boring. Almost, almost not. I, I don't want to say boring, but like the look of the movie is not what the original was. Right. And I was sort of like, okay, I, I don't know what's 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 going on with this movie. And like, there's a lot of like, you almost have to know like German history to yep. to know. There, there's a whole thing with the German autumn and the Bader Meinhof, uh, uh, is it complex? Bader Meinhof yeah. uh, group. Uh, there's 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 like terrorism involved not like quite you know a to b plot wise terrorism but there's some terrorism right. stuff in it some protesting and so you, you kind of have to know a little bit about that which is which is funny because that stuff goes nowhere in the movie like yeah i, I don't even know why it's in the movie yeah but it's it's very very different from uh uh argento's movie and i was sort of left with like I want to like this just because I like Argento. Or I'm sorry. I like Guadagnino and I sort of like, just want to say that I like it. So yeah. I was kind of forcing myself to like it. And then I watched it again, a, like a couple of years ago. And I'm like, you know what? I, I just don't like this movie. I, 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 I don't, it's not working for me. I think it's kind of pretentious. And, um, I was sort of like, all right, I'm just never going to watch this movie again. Or I, I'm at least going to, I'm, I'm going to give myself space with the movie. And so preparing for this episode tonight, I, I, I watched the original. Um, and then I, I actually like did a search in Apple, uh, uh, the, the, the Apple iTunes or um, the, the, the podcast app for all the Suspiria episodes that I could watch or listen yeah. to. I'm sorry. And so what I ended up doing was I downloaded all the ones that involved the original. And what's interesting is there's, there's not a lot of Spirit episodes out there that you, could, that you can download on Apple. So I ended up downloading a bunch of podcasts that talked about the, the, the remake as well. Sure. And so I listened to them, and there's some really fascinating discussions about what this movie was about and what Guadagnino was doing and sort of like revelations in the plot. Um, one of the revelations of, of the remake is that uh, the main character, Susie Banyan, is actually one of the witches of the original that isn't, you know, even a thing in the original. And I was like, oh, I, I must have not even picked up on that. So I was like, you know what? If I have time, I'm going to rewatch this. And so I actually went home that night and rewatched the remake. And I found myself like really entranced with the movie. Like yeah. there is something hypnotic about the remake that is sort of like its own thing that Guadagnino, and, and, and what I realized is like Guadagnino was really smart to not just like, not even try to remake Suspiria. He just yeah. decided to just do something completely different. And 
I sort of like took the movie on that level and I, I liked it a whole lot more. Yeah. Another, another thing too is like, I just, I don't think Dakota Johnson's a good actress. Sure. And I know it's probably a very unpopular opinion. <laughs> However, I think she's really good in the Suspiria, you know, yeah. re- reimagining. Like, I think she's very good um, in, in this. I think, I think it's her best performance. And it sort of like made me re, uh, like really appreciate what she does. And so, um, yeah, like, very long story. Like, I've probably been babbling too long. No, I, no. I really enjoy the remake. I yeah. think if you like the original Suspiria, you, you have to sort of just cut ties with, with that yeah. to, to enjoy the remake. And that's, that's kind of what I had to do is I had to realize that, like, Luca is not remaking Suspiria. He's just sort of, like, giving you a different version of the um, the 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 story like in in the in the argento movie like it's hinted that witches are there and yeah. it's not really confirmed until the end with 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 with, with lucas suspiria like yeah. you find out there's witches right away yeah. right away and yeah. there's, there's there's like these there's like this great stuff where like they're sort of like voting on like who should take over the household like yeah. it's it's like it's helena marcos versus madame blanc like yeah. who's gonna be the the witch for the next era of this 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 um this this this, this bat, uh, dance academy, and you you get like these great sequences where like these witches are talking to each other without even moving their mouths, and like I just I love stuff like that. So yeah. um, I would say if, you're, if 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 you love Suspiria, have not watched the remake, get, like dive in. Just know you're not getting the original. It's a completely different movie. However, it's it's equally hypnotic, just in a different way. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. I, yeah. I like it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I think this is, I think this movie fleshes out a lot of different things that probably Argento didn't necessarily care. To yeah, I don't I, I don't think he likes the remake. I yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, 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 I've, I I was doing some research and it sounds like he he's just not a fan. Yeah. And and to be fair, I think Luca puts. Like he puts too much in. Like, yeah. for for those who don't know, the Suspiria remake is an hour longer than, oh, yeah. than the original. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. When I looked at the runtime, I had forgotten how long the remake was. I real right. I remembered it was longer than the original, but an hour by an hour. An uh, hour uh, yeah, there's literally a lot of extra pack. <laughs> there is. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I think about the remake is, it is meaner like i feel like it is a a much more mean-spirited and i think that has to do a lot with the inclusion of the witches you get so much of them that like it is just brutal Hmm. and i I think it's brutal in a different way because i feel like the the first death in this movie that we get to see on screen (laughs) is yeah yeah sure crazy yeah crazy and yeah. every time I watch it, my brain is just like, how did they do this? Like, is this visual effects? Is this practical? Like, do, is, do they have someone who is able to, like a contortionist who is yeah. doing the sequence? So, uh, it, yeah, yeah. It, is a, it is a contortionist, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so, like, I'm going to reveal something really disgusting about this scene. Sure. But, like, whenever somebody is, like, getting, like, absolutely fucking well actually what's crazy is like this whole thing is like she doesn't die actually right right so the, <laughs> the sequence andy's talking about is like this girl is getting sort of like 
possessed by otherworldly powers and her body's being contorted into ways that they should not be. Yeah. And the, 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 the thing that makes me feel so sorry for this girl, this is going to sound really disgusting. Yeah. She starts, she starts peeing herself. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 she has, she has such little control over her body. She starts urinating yeah. and then she has, she doesn't even die. And then the witches come in and have these giant like sickles, these yes. giant hooks. And they all hook her in different various parts of her bodies or her to, body, and they, they pick her up and haul her off. Her <laughs> it's 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 God. very gruesome. I'm not a, yeah. I'm not on board with it being a more of what, what did you say violent movie or uh, more uh, meaner meaner. Yeah, I'm not convinced on that part, but nope. I I don't I don't disagree with you like sure. per se. You know, like it's a very very it's it's a mean movie. You know. Yeah. Um, what I like about the movie is this one is more like female centric. Yes. Um, there's only two, well, <laughs> so here's, here's a, like, how much do we want to reveal about who plays what in this movie? But like, there's technically only like two male characters in this movie, like maybe three yeah. characters. Yeah. Like uh, Tilda Swinton is, is, in the, is in this movie um, in, multiple in multi, multi, multiple ways. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin sure. who she plays. Uh, the fun yeah. of this movie is sort of like, finding out after who she, who she is in this movie because she plays three different people in this movie. Yeah. But like, what I like about the remake is that it sort of kind of flips the idea of Argento's movie being sort of like misogynist in a way. Yeah. And it sort of gives power to women. Um, you know, like a lot of women have their own, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they have their own like vocation. They have their own power. You know, yeah. like they, they determine what happens to them in this movie. And that's uh, inherently different than the, the, the original, which um, women are just brutally murdered uh, by men. Uh, and uh, I, I sort of enjoyed that uh, uh, about the, the remake where, you know, uh, Luca, <laughs> I mean, women get fucked up in this movie, but yeah. like it's, it's by women, you know? Yeah. And um I, I just I, I kind of want to avoid what happens in the end of this movie because it's it's it's, it's pretty wild what happens yeah. in the last twenty minutes. But um, I sort of love that aspect of that where like like Tilda Swinton has this power as Madame Blanc, the head of the school, and then like you, you sort of like Dakota Johnson walks into the movie and she, there, there's something off about her, yeah. but like when her when her twist or reveal comes in at the end. You're like, oh my god! Like, the real power of the movie showed up, you know. Yeah. And and there's just there's so much great stuff with that um, in, in the movie. Yeah. And uh, I really like that about this movie. And and I feel like the Suspiria remake for me might be like a, a biannual or or you know every three or four year watch for me because I I really enjoyed this last viewing of the movie. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a a different uh, different beast entirely. Uh, but I think it is. Uh, I think it's very much worth watching. I agree. I think yeah, it was, it was in my like the year that it came out. It was somewhere in my top twenty five for the sure. movies of the year. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah. I really enjoyed it because uh, I I just thought it was brutal, and I did. Yeah. I liked I liked the shift from when it becomes so. Uh, I guess plain and ordinary the the way that it's filmed like color wise like sure. it's just a, a natural palette to when everything shifts and everything goes to hell like yeah, yeah just yeah. Uh, it, really really great 
and, and when we say like like boring and plain, we don't mean like, like yeah. I certainly don't think the movie is boring. There, there, there is like this weird. The the one thing I'll give the the remake is that there is a weird like aura that just hangs over everything. Yeah. That that it, it never leaves the movie. It's just like this this feeling you can't describe that like things just don't feel right and like all the credit goes to Luca who just like creates some sort of like this this weird feeling in the movie that you just can't put your finger on and it just it never leaves for two and a half hours and it's just yeah. it's just something else yeah Ugh, wild wild uh yeah uh yeah this this these are suspirias <laughs> these are the, the suspiria films um you know if you have not seen these movies uh highest recommendation especially yeah. for uh argento's original just a yeah. exceptional exceptional movie do you have anything else about either of these movies that you want to make sure you bring attention to yeah i mean um I don't want to deter people from what not like, like watching the movie. Yeah. I, I just, I got to say like, watch the movie. The, like I want to go back to the original now. Yeah. The, the, the remake, I don't think needs a big screen or, you know, like you can watch it at home. Yeah. Um, the original, like do your best to watch it on the biggest screen as possible. Yeah. Watch it with like the, the best audio presentation you can. Um, I am, I've had a, I've had a I've had a home theater, not a home theater. I have a surround sound system in my home, and like I have the 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 4K release of the movie, and like I watch it as loud as I can when I can because that is just the best way to experience it. Yeah. I I was so lucky to see it on the big screen uh, a few years ago, um, the 4K restoration that came out. Like, just do 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 yourself a favor. And like, if, if you can't possibly do it, just watch the movie. But if you can, like watch it on the biggest screen you can, because it, it, it's big screen, it's big, it's big screen cinema, it's pure cinema, capital M movie. Like yeah. this is just meant to be seen on a giant screen. I, I can't stress that enough. Um, yeah. Just do yourself a favor. Yeah. yeah. Great, great, great movie. Incredible. Uh, I had the... Uh, I had won the special edition, the, the Synapse special edition Blu-ray a few years right. ago. Yeah. Uh, I was really excited about that. And then they released the 4K. Uh, yeah. And I was like, I feel like I need to own the 4K uh, yeah. version. And yeah, it yeah. is just looks yeah. beautiful. Uh, yeah. Sounds incredible. Like just great, great stuff. So if you're a fan of the movie and you don't own the 4K Blu-ray, I would say pick that up uh, yeah. because it's great. Or, you know, see this movie see this movie on the big screen if that opportunity ever presents itself to you i know that absolutely uh if i ever get that chance if if there's ever a theater in south dakota <laughs> that decides to screen suspiria uh i will i will be there uh yeah wonderful movie. i, I yeah I've, I've definitely made my voice uh <laughs> known on that front but yeah. um yeah Awesome, awesome movie, uh, Blake. I can't, I can't really ask you the Fat Five. You, you've done it already. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I can think of is I don't know if I did the taco question yet. Uh, yeah, we have, we have another yeah. taco stuff. So yeah. let's let's do that. Let me ask you just the just that one question. If you were yeah. to craft for me your perfect taco, uh, what would you? How would you make that taco? 
<laughs> well, as, as I revealed to you in, in our, our, our private chat, I'm a basic bitch when it comes to tacos. <laughs> sure. Um, I, I, I don't like hard shell. Sorry. Okay. I know, I know, I know that's your rating. So I guess I lean more towards like a burrito yeah. if anything. So soft shell, um, you know, I love ground beef. I love some ground beef, like some taco mix in there. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, lots of shredded cheese. I'm a big cheese person. Yeah. Um, uh, lettuce, tomato, uh, diced onion, um, uh, guacamole, gobs and yeah. gobs of sour cream. Sure. Um, um, what's that? <laughs> pico. I love pico. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Just a, a, like, like, I'm more of like, a, I need to get this made so I can eat it than like, right. like <laughs> fine tuning it to make it into the Suspiria of burritos. You know, it just needs to be, <laughs> yeah. it just needs it just... to be made. I just want to eat this burrito. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me let me get some sauce. Yeah, I, honestly, like what I love doing now is sort of like doing the same thing, except I take a bunch of like nacho chips and crunch them up onto a plate, sure. and then just sort of just sort of like mix it all together and eat it as yeah. if I was um, just start like a starving human being. So <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It's just, it's it's a convenient yeah. way to kind of it's like kind of nachos. But more of like you know, it's it's like a nacho bowl. Yeah. You can eat it with fork, uh, fork and yeah. enjoy it. So yeah, uh, Blake, I knew I was going to enjoy doing this episode with you, and you did not let me down. Uh, yeah. So well, I really, you know, I, I have to admit, like your first three, your first three guests, like really up the bar in terms <laughs> of like uh, just like uh, uh, um, enthusiasm and yeah. uh, knowledge. And so um, I, you know, I, ha I have to thank them for like just making sure that I came with my guns yeah. blazing and um, the, the bar was set very high, very early and it did not, it, it just, it just continued. So I, I had to bring it. So I, I yeah. hope I, I hope I lived up to them. Oh in, yeah, uh, absolutely. In every capacity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel very lucky for the four people I've gotten to chat with so far. Uh, Blake, where, uh, you know, can, and, oh, and before, before, yeah, before we end, I have to say, I'm not going to allow any, um, slander on tenebrae on this podcast so um to people who to people who don't think tenebrae is a masterpiece and is is not a worthy argento like we we need to talk because um tenebrae is not as good as as Suspiria, but as, as far as giallo is concerned i think it's probably the masterpiece everyone's looking for so uh, uh i'll leave it at that i'm not calling anybody out personally but um <laughs> You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> you know, the, the funny uh, thing is... Tenebrae fucking sorry. rules. That's all I wanted to say. The funny thing is, so, you know, I, I, I think that I said that I had seen it and didn't love it. Uh, but in a few days, I'll be able to have this conversation again uh, when the, sin the Synapse 4K right. uh, Collector's Edition is in my hands. It is right. It's currently in New Jersey with your copy and yes, I think Eric's copy as well. Yes, <laughs> it'll be here soon enough. Yeah. And so. uh, yeah, I mean, I, if, if we can just speak really quickly on Tenebrae, yeah. like we had, we had this big discussion about like what a giallo is, you know, like yeah. it's generally like, like this murder mystery. There's, there's like a, a, like a, 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 a person who's investigating it. And like, there's a, a, a like a, a, um, a gloved, killer with a knife or a blade who's, who's stalking women and yes Suspiria has that however like Tenebrae has that in like 
spades. And it's yeah. it's loaded with all of that. Also, I'm pretty sure there's a dude who's killed by a lion in this movie. Like, <laughs> name me another Jalo that has that. Also, there's like Jalo. Like, I'm sorry, Tenebrae like literally ends like literally ends with a woman screaming over the end credits. Like, yeah. find me another movie that has that. I'm sorry. Like Tenebrae fucking rules. It's just an incredible movie. Um, yeah, I'm like I, <laughs> yeah. I, I love Tenebrae. It's it's an incredible experience. So yeah. Anyways, super. I'm done. I'm done slandering other people. So <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited to be able to watch yeah. it again. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if this uh, this show has been any indication, uh, I am probably quite likely to kind of change my opinion on it. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for for that to come in. Uh, yeah. Blake, where can people <laughs> find you online uh, so that they can interact with you if they so choose? Yeah, you can find me uh, at three different places. Uh, one where you can't really interact with me is just on your other podcast, The Criterion yeah. Break, where we break down um, uh, uh, movies in the Criterion Collection, Criterion Channel. Uh, we have one episode left of our Birdman uh, miniseries that we've been kind of working on all year. That's yeah. been wonderful. If you love art house movies um, like we do, and sort of like want the push to watch more art house movies. Like we also need uh, the Criterion Break is uh, your one-stop shop. Um, uh, I can't wait to hopefully talk about Cure someday, which just got announced today. Yeah, uh, Super, super stoked to, to, about that. But uh, you can find me on there um, uh, with you and Derek. I love doing that, uh, that show. Uh, the other two places you can find me on are Instagram. Um, uh, oh, what's my name? I think it's Blake G fifty one fifty. I don't do a lot of movie stuff on there. I I more or less just like, whenever I watch a movie, um, I post the the picture uh, of the of the poster on my um, stories for Instagram, yeah. and then other other related like movie stuff I'll do on there. I I generally don't do much on there with movies. Um, if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, you can. I, I review every movie I watch. Um, my name is the real John G. Uh, and any, 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 any person who follows me, I follow, I follow them back. Um, no questions yeah. asked. So, yeah. um, always, I'm always trying to like be a better, like reviewer or writer on my thoughts of movies with yeah. that. And so letterbox is where I put all that. Uh, Blake, like I said, this has been a, a real treat and I know that, uh, I'll get to chat with you again soon. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks for talking about Suspiria with me, buddy. Anytime, anytime. Again, a huge, huge thank you to Blake Ginnethan uh, for joining me to chat about this movie. Uh, I know Blake loved it. Uh, I was really happy that he was able to uh, join me for this conversation. And uh, it was fun to just talk about like loving a movie. Uh, and that was, that was a, a, a super place. Cause it's something, you know, like <laughs> with this show, uh, a lot of it is, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned with how the guest like approaches the movie. Like I want to know why this movie means something to them, but it is nice too when the guest like, well, in this instance, Blake didn't really choose <laughs> choose to, to do this, but I know that Blake loved this movie and I do too. So that we were able to have the conversation uh, so like openly and just uh, full of of love 
for this movie. Uh, it was just a ton of fun to to chat with Blake. So I hope you enjoyed the episode as well. And that is going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, please, you can find Fat Dude Digs Flicks on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, TikTok. Uh, just give a search for Fat Dude Digs Flicks and you will find me there. Also, subscribe to this podcast, like this podcast, rate and review this podcast. Share this podcast with your friends. Uh, I love doing this podcast, and the one thing that would make it, uh, just put that that icing on top of this cake, uh, would be to get more listeners. And the best way to do that is with your help. So please, if you know people that would enjoy uh, hearing somebody talk about movies and just, you know, getting to know new people, uh, recommend this podcast to them. Uh, I'm going to keep doing this no matter what until it, like, you know, gets tiring or, like, I don't know, I just completely lose my enjoyment for it. Uh, so that, that'll that be, you know, quite quite a ways off in the future. Uh, but again, I always, always would like to have more people that would listen. So please, please share this podcast with your friends. And definitely, if you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere where they have reviews, uh, please leave a rating and a review for this show, because that will help get this out to people as well. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or if you would like to be a guest on this show, please send an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. I am always looking for new people to talk to, different movies to watch. Like, I just, I just want to have a conversation with you. So please, 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 if you'd like to, send an email to fatdudedigsflicks at gmail.com. Uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, subscribe to the South Dakota Film Community group and page. There are always awesome conversations going on there where we talk about movies. Uh, and it's nice to kind of have a community of people in South Dakota. Uh, because even though this podcast like branches out, I know I have listeners elsewhere uh, a lot of you are in the South Dakota area, so please, please, please uh, join that group and join in the chat. I think that's it. I think I think I'm done. So uh, we will wrap up Jalai next week, right here, same fat time, same fat channel, and let's talk about movies. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Fat Dude Digs Flicks.